See, Mike. See, Mike's just trying to get his his little his little quote in the pre pre episode role. That's all Mike's trying to do. I, I am. I'm just. He's just trying to get his. I'm like, if I say something good, maybe I'll get on for once. <laughs> there you go. I'll put. I'll make that one the intro. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the real episode 43 of the Football Absurdity Podcast. Not like last time when I said it was episode 43. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-hosts, uh, Mike Valverde and Evan Hoovler. Uh, Mr. Valverde, other than, uh, you know, being, uh, other than your toes from uh, dropping names before the podcast, how are you feeling? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I had a eye, my eye exam today, and so I'm nearly blind, but other than that, at least I can talk. Hey, you can, you know what, if you're nearly blind, you can still be an NFL ref, am I right? Yeah, there we go. Am I right? I'd be an excellent ref. There you go. Evan, how are you doing today? I am beyond great. Uh, I've been working so hard on our website to get it all ready for everybody, and we kind of opened the floodgates yesterday, and everything is popping. The Discord is popping, the Twitter is popping, the site is popping. I couldn't be happier. I'm talking to people on our Discord all day about fantasy football. It's wonderful. My wife got a great case ruling in the case against her stalker. So everything's good. All right. Yes. And if you don't know, Evan's wife has a long the the, the real uh, story of the Football Absurdity podcast is it's a serialized story of, of an attorney being uh, um, uh, stalked by um, by somebody that she went Portals up against in court. Yeah. Stalker. Yeah. Just one sentence. He filed an appeal. Then before he went to court called his credit card company and had the charges reversed for filing the appeal and then went into court. They were like, uh, you took the money away. Why do you think like, wow, I'm dismissing this. I'm going to dismiss everything. If you don't like pay for filing. Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, this episode of the podcast, we're going to go over what we call our preseason treason episode of the podcast. Uh, we picked some guys that, um, we had thought we had some solid opinions on um, before uh, preseason started. Week three is going on right now. We're recording this on Friday night of week three. Um, so we've got a handful of games of books. Some are going on right now. Some will happen this weekend. Um, and then we'll also go over a little bit of uh, some stuff that uh, we learned from preseason pre week three so far. Uh, but first off the top, um, how are you going to find us? You probably got through us through a link on the website. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can find us on Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. We are back on Spotify. If there is a place where you can find a podcast, we should be there. And if we're not there, tweet us at fballabsurdity, and I'll try to get us there. Um, there's two feeds. Um, there, the feed that's being updated is the one with the higher resolution photo. The other one, I don't know where that came from. We had server uh, changes, and that one's kind of abandoned now. Um, so if you do know who we are and you found this podcast through the website you probably did it because you were looking for a beer sheet um just so you know um some people are getting some issues where they're not getting their beer sheet properly if you clear your cache you should be able to get one if you're on safari um you're probably gonna have to end up downloading google chrome there's an issue on apple's end with that um and the new beer sheets were updated on august 21st so if it says a date before that go ahead clear that cache and see if that fix it fixes it 
So um, right off the top, we want to say thank you to our absurdists. Absurdists are people who uh, want to help support the show. Um, it is some expensive server costs getting the beer sheets to you guys. So these guys are um, our newest patrons. There's a whole mess of them since the last episode. So, uh, boys, if you want to help me um, thank these people, we'll go one by one. Stanley Z, thank you for Woo! being an absurdist. Stanley thank you, Stanley. Z. Randy S, thank you for being an absurdist. Yay! Jared D, thank you for being an absurdist. Also, yay. Yeah. Daniel G, thank you for being an absurdist. Still, woo. Nathan W, thank you for being an absurdist. Yeah. And our latest absurdist who signed up between the notes going out and uh, the podcast starting, David. No last name submitted, so I won't dox you. David, it's like thank you for share. Being... He doesn't yeah, need just, last name. Yeah, just David. Uh, so, David, thank you for being absurdist. Thank you for helping us uh, get this going and bringing beer sheets to everyone. If you want to be like these guys and help support uh, football absurdity and beer sheets and our growth, uh, there's two ways you can do it. You can go to patreon.com slash football absurdity or search football absurdity there. Or if you're already on footballabsurdity.com, there's a button at the top that says support. Um, if you want to become a patron, this gets you access to the draft kit, access to the full de depth and breadth of all of our draft preps articles. And starting tomorrow... Um, or Sunday, depending on when you listen to this, um, we are going to get um, Mike's uh, tiers rankings out to patrons only, and it'll be only on patreon.com um, for that. And um, we do have a Discord right now. Um, right now it is, um, if you want to get to the Discord, tiny.cc slash absurdity gets you to the Discord, and um, you can submit podcast questions there. You can talk to a, your fellow absurdists, uh, fellow fans of the website. We will be getting a patrons-only channel on the Discord, so you can get direct access to me, to Mike, to Evan, uh, to um, Beer for the Beer God, or Kevin, who does the beer sheets, and uh, to Waleed, the other founder of the site. So um, that's what your, your your Patreon money will help get you during the season. Um, if you don't want to sign up for Patreon, you still want to help us out, you can go to draft.com slash absurdity, drop in promo code absurdity. If you deposit 10 bucks, they send you a $3 token that you can use on any $3 tournament. Email us your username, footballabsurdity at gmail.com, or DM us at fballabsurdity, and we'll get you a copy of the draft kit and uh, get the website opened up for you. So that's another way you can help us out. Um, I already mentioned the Twitter, uh, F Ball Absurdity. Um, you can follow us there. You can follow uh, Mike at RFL Red Zone. You can follow me at Jeff Crisco, K R I S K O. And Evan is Evan Hoovler on Facebook. But really, if you want to talk to us, go to the Discord. Tiny.cc slash absurdity will get you to the Discord. And uh, like Evan said, it's popping. We got a lot of people uh talking draft strategy talking sleepers talking rate my teams just started today so it's really starting to to do some great stuff i'm really excited about the uh about the uh the discord so boys if, before we start i i should uh i, I want to do a little blurb about my tears oh yeah uh, mike talk about your tears okay so there's i i have you covered if if you need more than 50 quarterbacks 50 tight ends 150 wide receivers and over 100 running backs and God bless you, but that's what I have. I have Woo. all those you know, in tiers, so go for it. Get get on that Patreon and, and check that out. Mike, and what tier is Amara Darbo? Amara Darbo? <laughs> Your favorite player in the is, NFL. Is that, that, that we totally went in a battle royale. Amara Darbo is uh, tier um, non-existent. Tier one. He is a tier one operator. By, by himself. The, by himself. The only God. Yep, so... All right, boys, now you ready to get started?
preseason week threes here. So, um, did you guys get a chance to watch any of the games last night? No. Yeah, no. I hit the gym and I used the game pass and I watched uh, the Cincinnati one. Tyler Boyd oh. was looking good, and that was uh, the first the, one. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. Good. I'm glad I only watched three. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, Edo Smith was looking pretty good. Yeah, at least not horribly jaggy, which is how he's been in the past. Yeah, if Edo, so Edo Smith had did like a double preseason treason for me this year. He um he looked he I was t- hyping him going into the season, and then he start, he looked really bad. Brian Hill was kind of eating his lunch in the first game, and then the last couple games he's he started to run a little better. Brian Hill's kind of come back down to earth. What really sold me was I watched Brian Hill. There was some stutter, some stutter change of direction he did, and it was like I was trying to, you know, stop on some ice. It was like too many steps to change direction. So that kind of got me out on on him a little, on Ito, on Brian Hill, and in on Ito Smith a little bit. But um, we've got some news. We got seven big things going on right now. Um, they're the first week, first game of uh, um, preseason week three. And some little extra news. So we'll start off the top. Probably the biggest news that happened yesterday um, was Cam Newton um, hurt his foot. He was trying to avoid pressure. And initially we thought it might be a Liz Frank injury, which is real bad. That's a bone break in the sort of like the meat part of your foot. And it can cost you half of a season, not a whole season. Right now it looks like he's got a mid foot sprain and the Panthers are cautiously optimistic with giant uh, quotation marks that um, he'll be ready for week one. So, um, you know, it's it's draft season. It's everything's going to happen for the ne- in the next two uh, two weeks or so. So, um, Mike, what does this do for Cam Newton, uh, for the Panthers, for the Panthers pass catchers? What are you doing for these? Uh, how does this change your um, your outlook for them? Well, I think it all depends on if he's going to be out or not. But let's just say he's out for one or two weeks. You, you it's going to be the Christian McCaffrey show. So uh, running and some dump offs, and you're, I would not even even look at starting uh, DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel. Any of the wide receiver tight ends is going to be really a, a stretch to start if when if Newton's not on that field. Alrighty, and um, Evan, was this does this do anything for the the draft price for um, Cam for you in auctions or for any of the other guys? I've got to hold until we see what the news is. They uh, did an X-ray, and it seemed to be good. And then they were getting a second opinion, and so I got I got to hold until then. And nothing's gonna change. All right. So if you're drafting this weekend, I guess it would be how risk tolerant you are, because the backup backups there are. Um, Will Greer is probably gonna get the second shot at it. Love Will Greer us apart. Yeah, okay. he's a he's a third round pick this year, and he's all right. Um, but he's not, he, you know, he's not Cam Newton. No, he's, he's looked actually pretty bad in preseason. <laughs> and he's, you know, being a rookie, it's, it, yeah, it, it's, I, I don't think you're going to waver on, on where you want to draft him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about that. If you're drafting this weekend and you're like, oh, okay, where do I put him? I don't think the injury is like a Liz Franck. So uh, you, you can draft him wherever you feel like you want to draft him. I wouldn't change any of that. And, you know, it, the backup is this Will Greer's. It's got a steep learning curve. So, Mike putting a little stink on Liz Frank. I like it. Liz <laughs> Frank. Put, putting a little stink on it, a little mustard, a little curveball on it. Changed from German to French with that. <laughs> <laughs> Liz Frank. All right. So, next one up, um, 
uh, Mike, you wanted this. Uh, you, this was something you wanted to talk about. Put in the notes. Equinemia St. Brown. Uh, he's got high ankle sprain, which is not. That's the worst kind of ankle sprain usually. Um, it, it looks like right now early reports are he's out four to six weeks. So that's probably the optimistic look at it. Um, this probably gets preseason darling Jake Kumaro on the roster. And uh, I thought it gave some clarity with, uh, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison um, being the number two and number three. So um, so is that why you want to get this one on the notes? Or did you have something in particular you want to talk about with uh, EQ? Well, it, it was sort of like it's sort of like the Newton injury that we were you saw it and you're in your not really sure what had happened. Uh, I saw what what occurred with Equinemius, and it, it looked disastrous. That injury looked really bad, but um, it's not so bad. So uh, just to give some clarity on if if people are looking dynasty or some deep drafts, if they're looking to draft St. Brown, uh, I would say that don't worry about it. If if that was in your plans, and still go ahead, ahead with it because he's not going to be out for the year or anything. Okay, and Evan, I mean, I assume that EQSB wasn't anything that you were dra- that you were uh, you had an auction value for. Good lord, <laughs> that's 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 uh you know wide how deep- receiver four. Oh, dude, wide receiver four is in every team. That's uh, so that's tough. how deep Mike tears go because he's talking about ESB. But I mean, it it was a thing you know where he could take snaps and touches away from uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling and Jerome Allison. Like I put in the notes, I kind of think that mostly this gives a lot of clarity for MVS and Geronimo Allison that. Uh, Equinemia St. Brown isn't going to be, you know, nipping at their heels so much to start the season. Yeah, and also look for uh, um, Shepard too. He he's sort of coming on with with Green Bay at the wide receiver position, and that might open the door for him. Again, way deep league, but uh, it's it's in that in that offense with uh, Aaron Rodgers. I think almost any wide receiver is someone that you want to keep in mind, whether to draft or put on a radar for waiver wire. Yeah, I would say that that that's kind of a waiver wire guy. Where you know Allison missed. I mean, I think he only played like five games last year. He ended up missing two thirds of the season. So um, whoever's behind him is somebody that if you want a part of this Packers offense, you're going to have to know the depth chart uh, behind Geronimo Allison because he might get hurt again and, and, and go out for two thirds of the season. And you're going to have to figure out who he's going to be replaced with. So speaking of guys that get hurt and go, go out for two thirds of the season. Um, if I'd gotten the soundboard figured out, this is where we'd be playing a solemn, uh, taps in the background here. Uh, Jordan Reed, Jordan Reed got his, not to make light of it, but he got his seventh career concussion last night. Uh, it's confirmed he's in the concussion protocol today. I have him on my Scott Fishbowl team. Um, my line with him was ride him till he's dead because he's good when he plays now and then he dies. And um, the good news is he got it out of the way early. Um, it's like I said, it's a seventh career concussion. Those don't get easier to take the more you have. Um, they actually get worse and they take longer to recover usually. So um, Jordan Reed, I mean, I, we'll make this short, complete hands off, right? I, 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 the dude should retire. Yeah. Seven, seven freaking concussions and he's still going out there. I, come on now. He, yeah. I, dude, before anything more damaging occurs to your head, just, just please retire. Yeah, please. It's, 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 uh, it's starting to be one of those things where I'm concerned for the person more than the, the football talent. Cause it's, it's, it's going to affect him down the line. And, and, um, it's one of the things that, you know, kind of makes me wonder about this game that we, we like to watch so much, but Hey, they choose to go out there. They're modern day gladiators. So, 
Um, best of luck to Jordan Reed, but I agree with Mike. He should be retired. Evan, what do you, what say you? Oh, I had a joke all queued up, but now I feel like a dick. <laughs> so I'm just going to say, yeah. You want to hear a joke? Yeah. Washington's receiver core without Jordan Reed on it. Got him. You have Sorry. to believe in the Washington Haskins. Yeah, right. More like the Washington has-beens. Um, all right. Next note up. J.J. Ortega Whiteside, which apparently that's how it's pronounced. He's got the Spanish th in there. Um, he's looking good. He connected uh, with uh, Josh McCown last night uh, for the Eagles, uh, who unretired, I guess, to throw to J.J. Ortega Whiteside. Um, he got eight of nine targets for 104 yards and a touchdown last week. Um, and that was against the Ravens starters. Um, I mean, he's not a, a, a target for, for redraft now for you guys, right? This is just a name to monitor. Yeah, I don't. He's a rookie wide receiver. Yeah, it does ultimately come down to that. Well, and also just so many weapons that the Eagles have. It's really not only at the wide receiver position, but the tight end position. And then they have like two or three running backs that are basically pass catchers out of the backfield. So it's it's just going to be really hard to sift through all of that to make to make yourself any uh, um, validity. So yeah, he, I love I love his catch radius as we talked about when when we first were mentioning him when he came into the you know was drafted that one catch in the end zone was just amazing, but it's just not going to be enough. Um, I uh, I there's a rumor going around right now. Um, I mentioned it to you guys before the podcast that Michael Lombardi said that a big name wide receiver is on the block. Um, it's probably probably getting moved. With J.J. Arcega-Whiteside balling out, is there a chance that it's Alshon? Um, I would actually have to look at Alshon Jeffrey's contract. I don't know uh, what – I mean, if he if he only has like a year left, oh, absolutely. I mean, wh why not? They're sort of the same type of wide receiver. They're both, uh, you know, ends. They're both, you know, an X and a Z. So, yeah, why not? All right, yeah, but he'll probably end up going to like – you know, if he went to like the – Packers, I'd be excited, but he's going to end up going to like the Giants or the Skins or Miami. Um, so it looks like he's making um base salary of twelve point seven five each of the next two years with a signing bonus of uh one point two five option bonus. Blah blah blah. Uh, it comes down that this year um is his last big cap hit. His cap hits $21 million this year, and then next year goes down to 7 The year after that, it goes down to 3 So um, if they trade him now, they'll accelerate that cap hit. So it's probably not going to be Alshon, actually, now that I look at the contract. Good call, Mike. So um, my rampant speculation and love of uh, JJ uh, AW uh, probably got ahead of me there. Um, but I just want to say that I probably had the earliest possible uh, JJ Arcego-Whiteside is going to do stuff on um, – on the Eagles, because it happened literally the moment he was drafted. And I got nothing from but crickets from you, Evan. You're on my list, just so you know. <laughs> Good. All right. Some being noticed. Yeah. And then, so next thing up, uh, Sony Michelle. We'll touch on this briefly, because, uh, spoiler alert, he might be coming up later in the podcast. Uh, but he looked good last night. His stat line did reflect it. It was only 10 runs for 36 yards. But he had two really long runs called back for penalty. And he looked really good. Um, he was... 
elusive bouncing off defenders kind of uh the sony michelle we saw in the playoffs last year um there was the knee scope and everything that had everybody worried but um i'm not worried anymore so um um Evan, what do you? We haven't talked about Sony Michelle really this year. So Evan and Mike, I think we'll use this as a jumping-off point to talk about Sony Michelle because he seems to be, I, I guess, back to what he was down the stretch last year and in the playoffs. So um, Evan, what are you? What are you looking at with Sony Michelle this year? I'm in a fun league where it's a bunch of message boards competing. So each message board submits 12 teams, and there's eight different drafts, and you can trade draft picks with other drafts. So sometimes I, I, I drafted my sixth round pick and my seventh round pick in another draft before I drafted my first four round picks. It's really nutty and fun. And at the 6.04 slot, I got Sony Michelle. And then I went and looked at myself in the mirror. And I wasn't totally ashamed with what I saw. Round so, six? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's um I mean that's impressive. I think his ADP right now is in like the 4th or 5th round and Well, that's the beauty of this uh draft is you can see who's falling in each of these eight drafts and if there's someone falling you like, you can hit up that owner and trade him a draft pick or something. Ah, there you go. <laughs> okay. And Mike, uh, what I uh, we like I said we haven't talked about Sony Michelle, so what's your uh, impression on on Sony Michelle going into 2019? As long as he's healthy, I, I'm I'm sort of worried about what Damian Harris is going to do, but he he has his role sort of carved out. He's not a pass catcher, so you're going to look at him at as early downs. And if you go all the way back to the playoffs, he he, he was just amazing. I, I think he broke uh, a couple records for uh, how many yards uh, gained in, in a certain some some you know records get broken all the time, but. Uh, he's, he really performed well as a rookie getting yards and is a good touchdown. They, they love to give the ball to a bruising running back at, you know, near the goal line, especially since Tom Brady is so old. He's not going to really plunge in for a lot of those. So the offense is still good enough. You're going to get down to the goal line. He is going to score some touchdowns. And he's going to gain some yards on the ground. But obviously, as far as that PPR bonus, that, that's probably going to go to James, you know, James White or, or you know, Rex Burkhead or some, somebody like that. Yeah, so... My, I'll, I'll get more into it on on Sony Michelle, but I I have a uh, I had a a well, I was watching him this morning. And I just had a, a a missed clearing moment with Sony Michelle where I said, you know what, this guy's gonna have a role. This guy's gonna be good. This is a guy I think I want to try to angle into getting on my rosters. I mean, like I said, I'll, I'll get more into it when we talk uh, preseason treason because uh, spoiler alert, he's one of the guys that I've changed my mind on, and it was within the last 12 hours um, when I was watching the game. Um, so. Um, so yeah, we'll I'll touch a little bit more on that later, but um, Sony Michelle for now uh, looking good with the Patriots. Um, another guy, uh, D.D. Westbrook, or as I keep calling him in a reference, I don't know if you guys get. I call him King D.D.D. Do you guys know who that is? Isn't that Kirby? That is Kirby. Yeah, dude, I we played Naz, dude, even before you were born. Nah, see, but uh, that's one of those like lost lost uh, characters, King D.D.D. Um, except for Smash, that's why I thought you guys might not know because he was kind of fallow for a while and then he came back. So, um, so yeah, so uh, King DDD, DD Westbrook on the Jaguars. Um, Nick Foles, when I was watching the game, he was kind of laser focused on Westbrook. He got him seven targets and they only played in the first half. Um, the first few targets were a mess. Like I was watching this and I was like, oh boy, did the Jaguars somehow take a step back from? Um, Blake Borders, Bortles in the first couple drives, but then he settled down, um, and then um, only 29 yards, but four or seven, 
and a touchdown. And, and Nick Foles seems to only have eyes for D.D. Westbrook. So um, I think, you know, we talked a little about Marquise Lee in the past. We've talked about D.D. Westbrook. Um, I think we even got a DJ Chark chant going there for a little bit. But um, but we uh, we seem to have some clarity in Jacksonville. So um, if he's the the if he's the man in town, if we can, um, you know, get the uh the back to the future sports almanac and we can check and we see that dd westbrook ended up with 100 targets 120 targets this year we'll say 120 targets um where would he end up for you guys i guess in 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 uh, mike we'll start with you with your ranks where would you where do you think that ends up among wide receivers and then evan will talk to you about um auction value because he seems to be solidified as the number one there so with, with that in mind how does that adjust your uh, your westbrook uh takes so if he if he gets 120 targets, uh, you're going to probably look at 85, 90 catches. Uh, so I think what what's going to hurt him, of course, is is the touchdowns. I, I see sort of like a, a Edelman type where your guy's going to get 90 90 receptions and 1100 yards, but four touchdowns. So he is a solid number two wide receiver. So if you can get him and round the the wide receiver three range, then you're doing great. And you, he, he hasn't established himself as someone with a name. Uh, he's sort of an up comer and I like him a lot. I, I, I target him in every PPR draft I have just because he is someone that Nick Foles is going to look to. Uh, he's going to get the ball a lot, but of course, as closer as they get down to the goal line, then you're going to see Leonard Fournette territory. And then also he, it's our running team. So I would be really surprised to see him get 120 targets. Um, I could see him getting 70 to 75 receptions more easily. Uh, that should still put him borderline two, three range. But like I said, you can get him in, in that upper wide receiver receiver three, which should give you a discount. And that's exactly what you want, especially with someone who's on the way up. All right, Evan, what does this do for you? He's definitely in the list of those people, like wide receiver 16 through 35, where I'm all just wait and see which one drops to about five bucks. Uh, he's definitely on that list. I'll tell you what, uh, I like him more than Josh Gordon. Oh, wow. But you're the big Josh Gordon guy. We established yeah. that last week. You love Josh Gordon. Yeah, but I do like a high floor as well. And yeah, I was going like to say. He, said, he, it seems like he's, yeah, he's a favorite. Yeah, he doesn't have the uh, the uh, the the bottom dropping out possibility that a that a Josh Gordon does. Uh, well, he's does. on the Jags. They tend well, to get more wide receivers injured. I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't say that a particular team gets more wide receivers injured. Uh, I mean, that's just a product. I mean, they can muss up the uh, the recovery process or, or or what have you, but. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't. I'm I'm not worried about uh, the wide receivers specifically getting injured on the. Um, the Jags and I broke my little toy. <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, are you moving a piano? What's going on over there? No, I got a, uh, well, first of all, that's squeaky chair. That's my, my dang squeaky chair. And then my neighbor is doing, um, some sort of, uh, chainsawing. So you hear that in the background. And then I got this, this little, uh, Cam Newton toy thing yesterday at a, a record store that's closing in town and I just broke it. So that's, I can't uh, hear the chainsaw. That's, oh, okay. I, that's, I feel poorly about that. That's good because that's it's all I can hear. So if I sound distracted, folks, I'm sorry. There's a chainsaw going off. If there, I hear, it, I'm just gonna come in and be like, I'm slashing auction prices one yeah. day only. Yeah, half off all auction prices. 
Um, so, all right. So DD Westbrook, I, I have him. I think he'll be a top 30 wide receiver this year. Easy. I think he, since we're, uh, drafting, um, while this is, is going on this like upswing for him, I think he's going to present one of the great values at drafts because, um, people are going to be drafting off of ADP off of, to be honest, I mean, old beer sheets cause beer sheets was on Wednesday. This is the kind of thing we're paying attention. We'll let you catch somebody on the upswing while their price is still depressed. So I think DD Westbrook does pre- present a good value because this is getting sorted out while people are drafting. So between the time it happened and the time that, that prognosticators can have time to talk about it, that's when a lot of drafts are going to happen in the next two days. So he does represent an upward trajectory that you should try to grab the opposite of a falling knife, I guess a, a, a shooting star, I guess. So the last thing, uh, it's not really um, a uh, something that happened. Um, it's more uh, a news item. It uh, looks like Melvin Gordon's going to hold out into the season is the latest report. Um, Zeke's looking like it's going to get done, so we can finally stop talking about that. But Melvin Gordon thing, um, it means we got to talk about Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler. Um, Austin Eckler, they both have some, some good uh, stats to back up um, that they'll be the guy with uh, Melvin Gordon out, and they did say it's going to be kind of a 50-50 split, it looks like. Um, Eckler had three games without Gordon last year, and he had 17, 18, and 17 touches in them. And then for Justin Jackson, he had two games where he got at least 30% of the rushes last year, and he finished as uh, running back 12 and running back 17 in the in on those weeks. So guys, um, Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler, um, Mike, we'll start with you. Who do you prefer at their price? Because uh, Austin Eckler is going far before Justin Jackson. Are you going to grab the value here? Or are you going to reach up for um, Austin Eckler in this? Yeah, I'm I'm all Justin Jackson all the way on this. And not only is he the value, but he fits the, the offensive schematic a lot better than, than Austin Eckler does. I, I do believe that Eckler is, is going to have a, a very good role in, in this offense. I, I could see them doing a, a pretty good split, maybe 60-40, but that 60% is going to go to Justin Jackson. Plus, Jackson should be used at, at, the, uh, at the goal line. Uh, where where I see the major difference between those two is, A, Jackson at the goal line, but Eckler catching the passes. So I I, I think the value uh, outreaches uh, Eckler's reception total as far as in PPR league. So I w- even in a PPR league, I would still go after Jackson. Okay. And then, Evan, what about you? I agree with Mike when you translate it to fantasy dollars. Uh, Justin Jackson's still going for one. Austin Eckler is starting to creep up into the double digits. And it's like, it's the same ceiling. So why would I buy a $10 lottery ticket with a $100,000 prize when I can buy a $1 lottery ticket with a $100,000 prize? That's true. And... um my thing with it is kind of like Mike touched on it. It's um, the uh, the thing where we've seen Austin Eckler in this offense before. He plays a role. He's not the guy that's going to be the bell cow back. He's not the guy that's going to get 15 carries in a game and do anything with it. And we do have the possibility that Justin Jackson could be that guy and he could be cheaper. So um, I'm I'm. I'm going after Justin Jackson. I have him in a dynasty league and I'm kind of doing a little bit of backflips. Um, he's going to be the $1 guy that I go for at the end of my, my auction drafts. He's going to be the, you know, 12th round pick sort of guy. That's the guy that I'm going to grab at to try to, um, uh, get some value out of this chargers backfield. So, um, before we move on to preseason treason, Evan proposed a new game. You know, we like our games here. We've played, um, in the past, we played a lot of rounds of pick your poison. Um, 
the newest game that Evan came up with. It's called Magic Number. What Magic Number is, is I have a number in my head, and there is a question associated with it. And Mike and Evan have to guess what they think that number is and what the reasoning for it is. So, for example, this question, this week's Magic Number rolls straight from the last news item. It is, in which round would I, Jeff, take Melvin Gordon in a half PPR league? So you guys, we've talked for hours and hours about football. You guys kind of have an idea of how I draft. So Evan, this was your idea. So in what round do you think I would take Melvin Gordon in a okay. half PPR league? Okay, Mike, what are you thinking here? I'm thinking Jeff probably wants to push him down a few rounds, maybe. He's 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 a he's an analytics guy, so I don't think he wants to go too low, but I think he wants to go a couple of rounds lower. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I think as 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 the news is coming out, especially with with the fact that he's going to be sus- not suspended but not not playing into the season, he definitely is not as high as he used to be uh, on him. So I I could see him. I think the last time he talked about it was like round. Th- three so i am thinking in the five range now let me let me I, I like that logic let me throw something at you here though the one thing jeff loves more than fantasy football is berating us so maybe he's picking like a really low round like 10 so no matter what we say we're going to be wrong <laughs> like, can, what about can, that that's good radio hold on you're I, not involved here you're not involved here this isn't about i, I would like to what provide I, you guys with one piece of information um it is melvin gordon is currently going in the Middle of the fourth round on Fantasy Football Calculator. So if you guys want to uh, include that oh, in see, analysis. See what he did there? You see what he yeah. did there? I totally was on to something with the – he's picking round 10. And he tried to steer us back to the to the, to the false land so he can berate us. <laughs> I think by logic, you're right. Fifth round is good. But if we're trying to play the player and not the cards, 10th round. It's your call. <laughs> I, I – I, I can definitely see your point on that, and that 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 would be an excellent maneuver that I would not foresee coming. I I, I don't believe in in Jeff's excellency though, so I, okay. I, I'm I'm gonna go with that's the, your first mistake, okay. first of all. <laughs> all right, we have a consensus. Yeah, fifth, fifth round, Mike. Uh, let's go six. Let's, let's right, think six, a little bit deeper. We'll hedge a little. Sixth round, Jeff. Final answer. Are you guys sure about that? No, not at all. Were you not listening? <laughs> so fi- that's your final answer. That's what final answer means. All right. So I would rather have him than James White. I would rather have him what? than Reed Cohen. What? I would rather have him than Kenyon Drake. Those are, all, those are all guys that are currently going in the fifth round. All right. So up by one. So, no, Evan. Oh. You are the one that's in trouble because Mike was correct and you talked him out of it. <laughs> so Mike, congratulations. Evan, you get nothing. Yay! I would I would take him in the fifth round. My gut actually said sixth round, and then I started looking at running backs I'd rather have him then. And um you know, uh I would rather have him than James White, Tariq Cohen, and Kenyon Drake, and those are all uh, fifth round guys, so that puts him in the. Well, I, actually, I have to I have to hand it to to Evan because he did say fifth, and then I said, well, let, let's put some insurance behind it and say the sixth. So I should have stayed w- with my gut and then with Evan and acknowledge it. So I, I, Evan deserves the game ball here. What was okay. the answer? Five. Five. I'll take I'll take six. You'll take six. Well, you'll, yeah. you know, just just like at the end of the season, Evan, you know, no one wants a game ball. You want first, but I guess you're going to get second. OK, 
<laughs> but fine. no, it just, it just came down to, you know what? His upside is so much higher than, uh, you know, uh, Tariq Cohen. It looks like they're going to not have him have an expanded role in the offense. Uh, James White, I was reading some things about how he had a just completely outmoded role in the offense. He had like 7% more targets than any Bill Belichick running back had ever gotten ever. And they got uh, Nikhil Harry. They got Josh Gordon. Uh, they got, um, you know, kind of a mess of guys that are going to take targets away from James White. So I would rather have the upside of Melvin Gordon. I can stash him on my bench till whenever and, and have a league winner starting in, you know, whenever he shows up. And for a fifth round pick, sure. I mean, people are spending third round picks on Leonard Fournette, and he's going to play as many games as Melvin Gordon is. So well, that's, that's a straw man. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, boys. So we're going to get off to preseason treason. But before that, I just want to remind everybody about uh, we are sponsored by Draft.com. And uh, we do need your support to have them actually sponsor us. So if you go over to Draft.com slash Absurdity, and when you check out, put in promo code Absurdity. As long as you deposit some money onto the site, um, we will get um, a pat on the head from Draft. It does help us out. Uh, you can go ahead and let us uh, let us know that you did that. We'll get you full access to the site. We'll get you the draft kit. You might be asking yourself, what is draft.com? So draft.com is, it's very cool because it's actually two different types of uh, drafts in one. It's you've got um, a, uh, a best ball draft um, for the whole season, which is you just draft your guys and go. So you end up taking, it's an 18 round draft, no kickers, no defenses. And uh, each week, the guy who scores the most points for you at the position, um, you get those points and, and you play out the whole league. There's no waiver wire. There's no nothing. You draft and go. That's it. Um, and then, you know, that season's kind of winding down. It's less than two weeks before uh, opening kickoff. Then they do have weekly leagues, which are sort of the same format, but um, it's only for one week. So you can sign up, draft, win money. It's just as easy as that. So, again, it's uh, promo co- uh, draft.com slash absurdity, promo code absurdity. Could really help us out. It's um it's uh one of the main uh the main sponsor for the website. Um, so we would greatly appreciate it uh, if you guys wanted to um help us out by um helping yourself out to some some draft.com drafts. So again, that's draft.com/absurdity and put in the promo code absurdity. Let them know that we sent you and let us know that you let them know and we'll help you out. We'll get a draft kit to you before your drafts and we'll unlock all the draft uh, stuff on the website. So um. So, gentlemen, preseason treason. We all had some ideas of what we thought of guys, and um, things change. Uh, you know, you can you're only as you you can only form opinions with the information that's in front of you at that time. So, we've each chosen two guys that uh, we've we've changed our mind on in the preseason. We thought we had a good hold on them, and then uh, within the last uh, three weeks, we've we've kind of uh, come around or, or changed our mind on these guys. So, what we'll do is we'll go one by one. Uh, we'll go Mike, then Evan, then me, and we'll just talk about um, the guys that w- we changed our mind on and and why. Um, so, Mike, we'll start with you. Um, the first guy that you changed your mind on was Darius Geis with Washington. Um, he made his debut last night, so it's kind of obvious to me when you changed your mind on him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so why don't you talk a little bit about what you saw from Darius Geis uh, last night on, on Thursday that made you change your mind um, about him going into your drafts this year? Well, the, the big thing I, I feel about Darius guys is, is, is what separates him from, say, being a maybe a late first rounder to an early second round pick to where he is now is a sample size and B, the fact that he's coming off an ACL tear. Uh, I, I think the talent is there. I, I, he's superbly talented. 
I don't. I don't even think Washington really knew what what we to expect because uh, they they signed Adrian Peterson. They drafted Bryce Love. They have Chris Thompson. So they have all these running backs. So I, I really think that they were unsure. Well, we we saw last night, even though it's a preseason, that it looks like Geis is 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 going to be okay. He's going to be one of the few. Uh, Adrian, speaking about Adrian Peterson, uh, one of the few that can just bounce back from from what is normally a career ender. Uh, I'm going to definitely see more, but I really, really like from from what I what what I saw last night. I, I, I don't think there's any any kind of hampering to that ACL tear. Of course, 20 carries in four games, averaging four games, we, we might see a difference. I don't know, but. I am willing to say, okay, I'm. I went from no, stay away, completely stay away, to my eyes are open because hey, you got the talent. Uh, if you if you can stay healthy, then you're you're going to show that you are a late first round, early second round uh, running back. So the value is is great right now in drafts, and I'm on the train. You're on the the other D train, the yeah. Darius Geis train. I watched him last night, and what I saw was. He looked like a talented player that was rusty and that was, he was kind of stiff. He was working his way back, I think. And I think maybe we uh, just need to get him a, a, a little bit more seasoning, but um, I don't know if I've uh, changed my mind on him completely, but um, he's, he's not a complete hands-off guy for me at, at, at this point. Um, Evan, what do you think about Darius guys? Did he change your mind at all? I mean, you didn't probably didn't watch the game last night. I watched um, Darius guys. Oh, you did watch Darius guys. The okay. juice. Uh, yeah, he was, he was he was definitely looking like he was a uh, uh, full three down running back. He was able to plow forward when he needed to. He was able to stop and see if he needed to cut. He he had the sense. It's clear he's been practicing, even though he's not been getting on the field reps. Yeah, he just looked a little rusty to me. That's what he looked like. Uh, sort of like uh, handsome James G did last week. Just talented guy. Just needs to knock a little bit of the rest off. So, um, Mike. Um, so Geis was the guy you changed your mind on. I mean, just ballpark figure. How many rounds did you change? You know, where where would you have drafted him before uh, preseason, and, and where would you draft him now? Well, I I really wasn't going to draft him at all unless he like fell with the last pick of the draft or somewhere wow. to, to around there. Uh, he to me he was just uh, definitely off my list. I was not interested in him at all. At, at this point, I I like him. Maybe tenth round. I, I think he's probably jumped up quite a bit. So I would go from maybe uh, an eighteenth round to a tenth rounder. Wow. And so um, his this might this might uh, uh, I want you to. I just looked up his average draft position on Fantasy Football Calculator. It is a seventh round pick. Um, so does that? I know you've 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 changed your mind on him, but. If you hear more good reports, would you be willing to spend a seventh on him in a bind if you needed a running back, or is it straight double-digit rounds for Mr. Geis? I'm actually surprised you go seventh round, uh, but let's just say that's where he's going. Uh, I it, it would depend on who's available in that round. I, I wouldn't be sold on I'd him. I'd go seventh, seventh round. But Evan, you'd throw a seventh rounder on him? What's Washington going to do, pass it? Well, they're definitely not going to pass it. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> but um, well, the the thing too is, I mean, you are looking at split running backs by then. Uh, 
but they they have so many splits that you know they're going to want to get the rookie involved in Bryce Love. That Adrian Peterson, he he looks pretty good still. Uh, so I don't I don't know if they're going to rely really on guys all that much right now until you know way late in the year where they're saying okay you've completely rebounded from this injury. I I, I see them taking it very slowly with him. So, uh, you know, I, I can't, if I had the running backs in front of me that were in the seventh round, I'd probably give you a better answer, but yeah, I think I'd, I, the 10th round right now, I mean, I've, and I'm willing to move up. I mean, I, I definitely am willing to move up if he plays next week and plays more and we see him more, but at this point I, I'd stay with the 10th round. So I probably wouldn't draft him still. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, so Evan, your first guy up in our in our uh, our pre episode uh, chat, you advised me that you have uh, I think it's a, a love poem or is it a more a song of despair for um, Kansas City Chiefs running back Carlos Hyde? <laughs> Carlos Hyde. What a wild summer fling we had. But now I'm ending it. This was inevitable. We were both on the rebound. You from the Cleveland Browns and I from Damian, ya basic Williams. You touched my heart. You touched my mind. You touched down. But I want to be one of the many suitors fighting for the hand of Darwin Thompson. And I can't do that if I'm attached to a 240-pound ball and chain. I wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Maybe I'll look you up next time I need a discount on a used car. Goodbye, Carlos. <sighs> Oh, poor Carlos. Poor Carlos Hyde. So, uh, Evan, Evan, you just need to talk. I'm, sorry. I'm too choked up. I'm like, I'm just crying. I just. Oh, so boy. For me. So, Carlos Hyde, uh, Kansas City Chiefs running back, um, a guy that all offseason I kind of argued um, was the reason why the. Um, Chiefs didn't believe in Damian Williams and people got it twisted that I was a huge Carlos Hyde fan because no he sucks but um, Carlos Hyde is also not good and they gave him pretty much the same amount of money and um, there was reports this week uh, that he is fully third on the depth chart at best Darwin Thompson has passed him uh, Darwin Thompson passed Damian Williams and now he's or sorry Daryl Williams and now he's sitting squarely behind Damian Williams and poor Carlos Hyde just kind of took the L. Uh, he was Carlos Hyde before this, and this is how he became Carlos Hyde. And um, his uh, his uh, fantasy football uh, calculator draft position literally looks like a roller coaster. Um, it's kind of insane. It's got a nice little. It goes up, and it peaked around uh, midweek, about August fifteenth, and it just crashed right back down. So. Um, Guys, completely off your boards, right? Carlos Hyde, he's not even a lock to make a roster, it sounds like. I Well, to me, I, I still I, – I think he's going to make the roster. I don't see why he won't. Because who, who's going who's gonna to carry the rock on first and second down? It's certainly not going to be either Darwin Thompson or Damian Williams. So I – now, is he worth drafting? No. I don't, I don't think Carlos Hyde is worth drafting, but – I, I think he's going to make the roster, and I think he's going to cut into the volume of, of either Darwin Thompson or or uh, Williams. I don't know. Thompson oh yeah, pretty ripped, man. Yeah. Dude went and, to Utah State, where the only drugs are PEDs. So like, I think that guy <laughs> might be might be ready to pound the rock three times a, uh, a series. 
And I'm going to disagree with you on, I mean, if, I mean, he may not be good, but the first and second down back for the Chiefs is a guy worth owning, I think. I don't think he's worth the second round pick where Damian Williams has been going, um, but I think he's worth rostering if he's the first and second down back for the Chiefs. I mean, that was one of the greatest offenses of all time last year. So I think he's definitely worth 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 rostering if he's on the if he's on the Chiefs roster. So I'm just gonna have to disagree with you there, Mike. I I don't think he's particularly good. I think he's better than Damian Williams. But um, but if he's on the Chiefs, he's on he he should be on fantasy rosters, is my opinion. But where? I mean, like what the fifteenth round? Uh, eighth round. The eighth I throw, round. I throw an eighth round pick at him because I was think I was actually thinking about this today at the at at the store. I was thinking, I was like, okay, so you've got, and this is, you know, we have this mentality where it's like, you know, you're looking for a top five guy or bust, right? Well, if you, we were trying to anoint Damian Williams as a top five guy because Kareem Hunt was a top five guy and Damian Williams was a top five guy last year um, when he got the touches. But, you know, only being the first and second down guy in this Chiefs offense is still very valuable. Like you could end up drafting Darwin Thompson and um carlos hyde and end up with a rb2 and a flex out of it so you know eighth round or not eighth round like 10th round for carlos Hyde, i'd throw that pick at him um if if you know he makes the roster and they say hey damian williams we gave you the chance to be the starter but you blew it um so i i'd throw that pick at him i'm sure evan you throw a buck or two at him right what uh, carlos hyde what? No. You just when, got done. You just got done talking about how much you love him. When your best friend there's <laughs> a breakup, I just you stepped to her and offered to take her to the most expensive restaurant, the most eighth round. Oh my god. I no. Uh, this for, is this is okay. This, this is, is no time for joking. Okay, this is love. This is a hypothetical, Evan. If he makes the roster and he's over, uh, you know, if he makes the roster, he's gonna be over Damian Williams. So, oh. you know, maybe you'd have to do I'm a double. Tired of this. I'm tired of this whole. I, 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 he's a bad boy, but I can change him. Routine I'm in. I just, <laughs> I, I just can't be doing him. it. Evan, Evan, he's not like the other guys. Okay. I want to believe. He's got a heart of gold, and hands of stone. There it is. There I knew you're going there. Nice there job. All right, guys. So that's Carlos Hyde. Um, I was kind of hyping Carlos Hyde to start the year too, but I'm fully out on him. I'm on the D train. Um. Uh, phrasing, I guess, on that. But I'm in on uh, uh, Darwin Thompson. Uh, he's going to take the job from Damian Williams. Uh, my guy, my first guy, my first preseason treason guy is Son- Sony Michel. Um, I was completely out on Sony Michel um, before the season started. I was thinking <sighs> seventh round pick, I'd get him um, just because of you know Bella Chicanery. You've got Rex Burkhead there. You got Damian Harris there. You've got uh, James White there. You've got Sony Michelle coming off of knee surgery. Um, it just kind of wasn't worth the risk for me. And then as things came along, Damian Harris is MIA. He's nowhere to be found in the preseason. Uh, Rex Burkhead got hurt last night. And um, sorry about that. And Sony Michelle kind of balled out last night. Like I said earlier in the episode, the the um, the stats don't bear it out because he had two big runs called back for penalty. But uh um, I'm I'm in on Sony Michelle. I'm in on him on, in the fourth round. I think um, if you uh, he's a great running back two to have. I think he'll score a lot of touchdowns um, in this Patriots offense because um, Tom Brady's losing a step, but he still um, can still game manage the heck out of a out of an uh, an offense. So 
fourth round Sony Michelle in an offense like this. I mean, he has what like I mean, we're not that far removed from Legarrette Blunt getting I think it was like 16 touchdowns in this offense. So Sony Michelle is better than Legarrette Blunt was then, and if he just does Legarrette Blunt things with the football, I mean, he's definitely worth a fourth round pick because um, Legarrette Blunt was a top 10 running back that year. So. I'm all in on Sony Michel. I was all out on him. He was too much risk for me. Um, but now it looks like that that risk was kind of um, uh, a bit overblown on my part. And um, I'm all in on you, Sony. Thank you. To to quote an old Sony PlayStation shirt, I am ready. Because it said, uh, it used to say, I am not ready. But now I am. So what do you guys think of that? The the, the change on Sony Michel? We guys, we kind of already touched Jeff, on him earlier. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. How many times has Bill Belichick broke your heart with a running back? None. He has well, never broken my heart with a running back. Let's keep that stat alive. No, because the 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 Bill Belichick thing, it's he tries and tries and tries and tries to find a running back that he can rely on. And when he finds a running back he can rely on, he relies on that running back. That's why Jag extraordinaire, LeGarrette Blunt got so many carries that season. The Bella Chicanery thing is when he doesn't have guys that he can depend upon. Once he finds a guy, he sticks with a guy. And I think he's found a guy with Sony Michel. Who was the last guy he stuck with besides LeGarrette Blunt in those four games? And it wasn't four games. 25 was an, goal was, line carries. It was an entire season. I just don't, I just, you deserve a good guy, Jeff. Yeah, and I'm going to get a good guy. His name is is Sony Michelle. I just don't like him in the fourth round when people like Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Mike Williams are going. uh, Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Christian Kirk in the fourth round? Absolutely not. Not on any planet. Fair enough. Calvin Ridley. Ah, These aren't fourth round picks. What are you looking at? I like him better than uh, I like uh, Sony Michelle. Those, these are. See, this is. You're out of your depth, buddy. I'm you, looking we, at. We, I'm looking at this really expert guy's auction rankings to find guys. Yeah, I was gonna say. You're Lamar, talking. No, Lactavius Martin. No, Tevin Coleman. Who would you have, Tevin Coleman or Sony Michelle? Uh, I'd rather have Tevin Coleman. All right, cool. Good. Yeah, Tevin Coleman's also a fourth round pick. So. Just some sense. How about David Montgomery? Um. David Montgomery is honestly, I think he's going in the third round, which is insane to me. That's that's too high. He's the uh, the the hype superstar this year, the preseason hype superstar. Um, David Montgomery, I think he's. A third I, I really like David Montgomery, but no way in hell would I draft him in the in the third round. That that's way too early for a guy that's going to be feeling the Jordan Howard role. Uh, he'll probably catch a little bit more passes than Howard, but Cohen isn't going to walk away. Yeah, and and he, I mean he might suck, and Trials we might to diminish him, but Mike Davis is there now too. They did sign him, so he's going to take some touches away. I didn't say he's going to be any good with the touches, but he's going to take some away from David Montgomery. So I I just don't think, um, I think the hype train's gone a little bit out of control for David Montgomery. I don't think a third round pick is really worth it. So, so all right, boys, we'll start back up at the top. We're going to go back to Mr. Valverde, and Mr. Valverde, we we kind of talked about this backfield a little bit, but um. The your preseason treason, the guy who, who your second one, the guy who deceived you, who tricked you, who um, pulled the wool over your eyes before preseason started, was Darwin Thompson. So talk to us a little bit about Darwin Darwin Thompson. Evan and I won't have any need to interject because we kind of already talked about him. So talk to us a little bit about how Darwin Thompson changed your mind and and what changed for you with Darwin Thompson. Well, at first, the, just the talk was, uh, you know. 
we have we have on one side we have Cardo side and then of course on the other side you have Damian Williams and what was Damian Williams going to be the full full uh, guy or was Carlos Hyde going to be were they going to split but it was all the talk was between those two players there was really no mention of Darwin Thompson and all of a sudden this little spark came on and Darwin Thompson started getting some some rumor mills going and and look at Darwin Thompson and the whole factor of both Carlos Hyde, who's garbage, and Damian Williams, who's garbage, and you have the, in the middle you have this Darwin Thompson, who's 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 the meat, who who who's the 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 ham of the ham sandwich. He and is a meaty boy. He, he is, is a meaty boy, and I started gravitating towards him, and I I really really wish that he fell to the last round of my draft, which I had him selected in. But no, someone came in, uh, Mr. Goose, Mr. Geese, and came in, swooped in, and picked him up the the second to the last round, probably because he knew I was I was interested, and but I lost out on him. Anyways, yeah. So the more traction he's got, the more interest I became. The more I looked at him, the more I said, okay, uh, yeah. When you have two garbage pieces of bread on each side, and you have the meat, you got to go with the meat. <laughs> you got to go with the meat. I think that kind of sums it up. You got a lot of filler on that roster in that running back room, but you got to go with the meat. I think that's good. Evan, you, you think you got to go with the meat is a good way to put it with Darwin Thompson? Yep. Yeah, we're all, we're all kind of in agreement there. And, you know, Darwin Thompson wasn't a changer for me because um, I've somebody opened my eyes to him in the uh, simple, something awful forums, and I took him in the uh, Scott Fishbowl, and so I kind of have had to been been all in on Darwin Thompson. So my own dumb ego and pride put me all the way in on Darwin Thompson already. So I couldn't put him as a guy who I changed my mind on. So Suck cost fallacy has some merit. Yeah, baby. It's why I'm really thinking that Jordan Reed and uh, Kenyon Drake's injuries aren't going to be so bad <laughs> for the sake of my Scott Fishbowl team. Uh, fingers crossed. Um, so next guy up is a guy that there was a definite – it's 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 another running back. We've only talked running back so far, but there was a definite breaking point in value for this guy. Um, it's the sophomore running back in Detroit, and um, his name is Carryon Johnson. And Evan, I actually have a question for you. Um, so I'm sure this has to do with the fact that Theo Riddick got cut by the uh, by the Lions and getting all his touches back. But um, what were you thinking about Carryon Johnson b- before that happened? That made the trade. You know, make him one of the two guys that you changed your mind most on this this I have, season. I changed my mind more on him than I have anybody ever when it comes to increasing auction value rank. Uh, I've got twin six-year-old sons, and uh, this year they're six. And wait, wait, finally, wait, hold on. Your twin six-year-old sons are six now. Yeah, is that, what, also, you're, is that what yeah. you're telling me? <laughs> also, it's the sixth anniversary of their birth. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, for the first time ever. They understand punishment. They're like, oh, I'm sitting in the corner, not because my dad is a, a sadistic jerk, but because, yeah, I, I peed on the school fire hydrant or whatever. And uh, I feel that way about the Detroit coaching staff, where last year they were like, hey, we've got this great guy, but we'll only start him in situations where he's going to get injured. In the meantime, we'll roll out Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick. Because we don't understand punishment. We don't and understand. And my boy. My boy. LeGarrette Blunt was there, baby. And wasn't Zach Zinna, who got the keys to Mabema, there too as well? Yeah. So, but this year they clearly have learned the 
value of uh, aversion therapy. Uh, they cut theoretic. I don't know if Emilio Abdullah has been seen lately, and all these other guys have been gone. They get it. They get that Carry On Johnson is a potent weapon, and they have just enough firepower in the quarterback and wide receivers to avoid eight in the box. So yeah, I I came into the preseason with Carry On Johnson as nineteen dollars, and I think I currently let me see. I currently have him as forty. $49. This is the highest I've ever improved on anybody in years. What uh, what running back is that for you at 49 Seven. <laughs> running back seven. Hot. Machi. Right, I thought I was James on Connor after Chubb. I mean, look at the people behind him. Chubb, Bell, Mixon, Cook. How can I put them above him? I mean, it, I kind of feel like Carrion and Cook kind of have the same – Downside and upside in terms of, I mean, we are kind of sweeping under the rug the fact that Carryon Johnson's season did end early last year with injury, so we can't we can't ignore it. But I understand what you're saying there. It's like the runway's been cleared for him. You know, there's 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 no obstacles in his way. So um, so I do understand. You said that. it. He's he's the he's got the highest chance of doing the improvement that uh, Christian McCaffrey did last year in fantasy. In, I, well, I don't think he has like carry or um, I don't think Carryon Johnson has Christian McCaffrey level talent. He's definitely going to have that opportunity where he's the man. He's the guy. He has he has the biggest chance of breaking out with um, a ton of catches. Because think okay, think about the Lions re- receivers. Who is going to be the number two uh, target there? It's going to be Galladay, and it's going to be who? Uh, Carryon Johnson probably. T.J. Hawkinson. Hawkinson. No. TJ Hawkinson is is by the way the backup tight end right now. Um, he's behind Jesse James, so he oh, is Marvin pro- Jones. What about Marvin Jones? Oh, I'm Marvin Jones. Me. Okay, Marvin Jones. I'll give you that. But Marvin Jones is a deep ball guy. So oh, I was not- trying to float you a softball. They were thinking of cutting Marvin Jones in the offseason. Oh, I missed that. I missed that they were going to cut Marvin Jones. Wow, that would be incredibly stupid given what happened after they traded Go- Golden Tate last year. But yeah, okay. but uh, wow. Okay, yeah, I, I missed that one directly. But, yeah, I mean, Carrion Johnson, he's has as good a bet as anybody else on the roster of, of being top two in target. So why not from a running back? Why not? He could be Christian McCaffrey and get, uh, you know, maybe he gets 80 catches this year. And in a half PPR PPR league, I mean, come on. That's 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 if he does nothing else, he's a, a you know, a, a RB1 just off of that. So. So, okay, so that's on Johnson. And then the last guy. I I looked at our list. I said, guys, we can't just talk about running backs. And I have, this hurts me because this is this is one of my guys. This was a guy that I was talking about in February and March when we were talking about my way-too-early sleepers. I'm completely out on Dante Pettis. I'm done with Dante Pettis. I'm not going to draft him. Wow. I'm not going to draft Hold him. Hold on, let me cue up some more Karen Carpenter music. I'm not going to draft him in single-digit rounds this year because I don't know. Okay, I'm full disclosure if you've never listened to the podcast before. I'm literally holding a, a small 49ers football that I won at Dave & Buster's. I ha- I'm surrounded by swag from 49ers games because I'm a season ticket holder with the Niners. There is so much going on with this 49er receiver room that I don't know. I mean, Dante Pettis could top out at 90 targets. 
He could get he could only get 70 targets. He could get hurt again. We forget he missed like a third of the season last year with injury. Um, and because it's it's Marquise Goodwin's going to be back. He was kind of a non-factor when we were factoring it before, but he has a chance to be the number one wide receiver in in, in San Francisco. Debo is balling out. Jalen Hurd has a role. Um, Trent Taylor, there's all this rumbling. He's hurt to start the season, but there's all this rumbling where he's going to get a ton of targets when he gets back. And let's not forget George Kittle. Let's also not forget Temig Coleman is a ball ca- is a pass catcher, a guy they didn't have th- there really before. And it's just like there's so many weapons to go around that I don't know if there's going to be enough passes to go around to all of them, except for George Kittle is going to get his for it to be worth it to draft a a a 49ers wide receiver in a single digit round. I've shifted to going after Marquise Goodwin in the last rounds or Marquise Goodwin for a dollar. I put up my all $1 team today. Marquise Goodwin was Goodwin one. in the 11th. Yeah. He's one of my wide receivers. He's a double digit round guy. And, and going into last off season, he was the big hype guy with Jimmy G. And then they didn't play a single full game together because uh, in week one, he took Marquise Goodwin took a nasty hit. And he, he was out for after one after one pass, and then he missed the next game. And then in week three, Jimmy G got hurt. That's when his knee exploded against the uh, the Chiefs. And then um, the the next week after that, Marquise Gooden had 126 yards and two touchdowns. And then he had a whole lot of family issues. And so my I guess what I'm saying here is uh, the family issues have been resolved. He had some tragedy in his family. What I'm saying is, is my Dante Pettis love has kind of transferred over to Marquise Goodwin, but not people aren't as in on Marquise Goodwin as everybody seemingly was in on Dante Pettis. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm taking the chaos and I'm going after the cheapest guy that has the biggest upside here with Goodwin. Um, and I'm, I'm leaving Dante Pettis by the, the wayside, not because I don't believe in him, but because there's so there's, there's, so many bad drum beats coming out of San Francisco with regards. He to had that. such great separation last year. Oh, he's a great route runner. I mean, he he puts guys in the in the blender, but I mean, if he gets open, he's getting eight yards. If Marquise Goodwin gets open, he could get eighty-eight yards. You know, so it's one of those things that you know, if there's going to be few targets to go around, you're going to go ha- have to go after the the guy who's going to be getting the chunk plays, not the guy who's you know running a six-yard curl. Um, as the release valve for 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 Jimmy G, so kind of out on Dante Pettis now, and it, it hurts me to say that. As I mean, as the guy literally surrounded with 49er swag, um, I'm I'm out on Dante Pettis. So Mike, what say you? Uh oh, Mike. I'm Mike, and I gotta say that Dante Pettis. No, you got you go. This is Mike, and I'm here to say I'm out on Pettis in a major way. He's not on the cold. Oh, there he is. There he is. Mike, you had a, a microphone issue there? Yeah, I was on mute. Uh, uh, okay, I'm leaving this in because of my sweet rap. So what do you think about Dante that was a Pettis? Good rap. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I was saying that I was actually surprised you were out on Dante Pettis because I, I just don't know who else you're going to throw the ball to. It's just like, uh, you know... Um, I mean, they got options there, of course, but who are they? And, you know, I mean, opposite, of course, Kittle. But, you know, I I like Dante Bettis. I think he, he he's someone that is proving himself. So I was a little surprised, especially because you're a 49er fan. But, um, yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered everything, but I am, I am kind of surprised by it. This is like a full-time alcoholic being like, you know, I think I'm going to give up light beer. <laughs> 
hey, you know what? I'm still fully in on Jimmy G, okay? It's just it, Jimmy G has so Telling many you, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins is the dude. Okay, we need to put that to bed right now. <laughs> this this isn't funny anymore because Nick Mullins is garbage. He's not good. He All of his points came in garbage. All of his, like, huge passing totals came in garbage time last year, okay? I'm, sick of, hearing, I'm sick of hearing about Nick Mullins. Nick. I like his dad, Chris. What was that? I like his dad, Chris. Chris Mullen? Yeah, what's funny is uh, there's actually a, a podcast host and comedian named Nick Mullen. And so I, if, last year I had to stop and think every time. I'm like, is it Mullins on the 49ers or Mullen on the 49ers? So I had to keep stopping and thinking about it. So that's, that tells that's you, funny than Nick Mullins' passing efficiency. Ooh, got him. Bra, bra, bra. All right. So those are the guys, our, our preseason treason guys, the guys that we've uh, kind of uh, changed our mind on the most this year. So for Mike, it was Darius Geist and Darwin Thompson. Uh, for Evan, it was Carlos Hyde and Carrion Johnson. Yay. For Jeff, it was Sony Michelle and Dante Pettis. And for the guy I'll never change my opinion on, it's Nick Mullins. Um, even for, try as much as, as try as hard as Mike might. So by, by, by week eight, we're, we're going to talk about how great Nick Mullins is. Never. That's Nick Mullins. We can talk about how Nick Mullins is throwing the ball a lot when the 49ers are down by four scores. Um, and uh, Seven years ago. Yeah, they're, they're done. All right, we're done. This podcast is over. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, again, th- thank you to our absurdists. You make this thing happen. You make beer sheets happen. Uh, you can find us on Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, literally just wherever you can think of to get your podcast. You'll find us there. Please, when you find us there, give us those five stars. We'd greatly appreciate it. And write a review. Apparently, the reviews do more than the stars. So just write us a nice review. We'd love it. Um, what we'd love more is your money. You can go to patreon.com, become an absurdist, and uh, get access to that. Um, when the season launches, we're going to launch the patrons-only uh, uh, Discord channel um, so that you can get direct access to us, and we'll answer whatever questions you have. If you want to get to that Discord, which Evan is giddy over this discord about i love talking about it he is so happy i made it nice and easy for you got a tiny url tiny.cc slash absurdity and i'll take you straight to the discord and you can chat with all your your fellow absurdists um and again draft.com promo code absurdity please 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 We'd love you. We'd love to have you draft on draft.com with us. We'd love to have you in the Discord. We'd love to have you in those absurdists. And we'd love that you listen to us today. So for Mike and Evan, this has been Jeff. Thank you for listening. And you guys have a great one. Okay. Bye bye. Nick Mullen. Charlie, I'm